Hey guys, welcome to and thank you so much for tuning in to today's Let's Be Blunt with Montel. And I got to tell you, I am so excited about this show today because we have a guest today who is a multi-platinum selling artist many times over and the most successful Jamaican artist on the international charts for, of all time. He's had three Billboard number one singles and five Billboard Hot 100 top 10 tunes and even more chart entries over three worldwide best-selling albums which have sold more than 11 million copies worldwide. He's, a, he's won a, both a Grammy and an American Music Award for his work, amongst many other accolades. Hailing from Jamaica, Mr. Sean Paul, so great to have you here as part of Let's Be Blunt with Montel Day, sir. Thanks for being here, brother. What's up, bro? Thank you for having me. Thank you for giving me the time, man. Absolutely, sir. No, man, look, congratulations on yet another Grammy nomination. And this yeah. time it's for the best reggae album album for Live and Living. Tell us a little bit about this album and what sets us apart from some of your previous six albums. Um, you know, Live and Living is basically my first own production for my own uh uh label. You know what I mean? Oh, that's right. So so that's amazing. And then also it's kind of like a return to my dance hall roots, basically. Um, a lot of the the uh, things that I've done in recent times have been really uh, internationally oriented, I would say. It's dance hall music, but it's not as hardcore as this one is. So this one really means a lot to me. It's special. I've worked with uh, 20 artists on the album. Uh, there's 16 collabs on, on, there's 15 collabs on one single song from me. So it's kind of like me showing the talent of the people that I love and revere their music here, you know, from Buja Bantan to Busy Signal to Junior Gang to some of the new cats like Skilly Beng and Intense and Massacre. Um, the, these all appear on the album, plus so many more. So it's a real special project to me. Um, even the engineers to the producers for me are all Jamaican and, and, and to get to showcase their talent um is something that i you know i wanted to show people these are people who i rate in this business well it has hit the industry or hit the world uh with a storm already i guess now you just recently released a new single that you recorded in collaboration with sia someone yeah. that you've already had great success with um in the past on a song uh cheap thrills tell us a little bit about dynamite uh dynamite's a feel good tune you know what i mean uh the last time we did a song it was actually my mom who 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 schooled me on who Sia was. She was like, yo, you need to do a song with Sia. And I was like, you mean Sai from Gangnam Style? And she laughed. And I said, like, nah, 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 Sia. Huh. And I, I, I heard her music, but I didn't know her name. And uh, when a few months later, my management asked if I would do a song, I was like, for sure. That song blew up and went to number one. And then, um, you know, she sent me some flowers and told me it was the first number one she'd been on which shocked me because I was like, yo, you should have gotten number one for Chandelier and so many others. And at that point, we spoke and said, yo, let's do an original. Let's do something else in the future. And and that was the genesis of what this is today. We took a couple of years and back and forth and, you know, got ideas together. And uh, we finally got it right, I believe. So I stepped to put it out. It has already blown up video-wise. I mean, this is a brand new, inspired, dynamic sci-fi. You use sci-fi video theme for this. Why? Why did you do yeah. that? What inspired you to use sci-fi? Well, uh, Storm Salter is the director, and he's a Jamaican director, which I like. Some of his movies, a lot of our movies show 
the harder they come again and again. There's guns and the gangster lifestyle, but he has some movies which are, you know, they, they show other aspects of, of our life. And so I picked him to do it. And he said to me, let's go to the future. Let's go 100 years after Jamaica's independence, which was 1962. So this is 2062. And we're just kind of trying to show the longevity of the music. You know, that's our music has been a music that helped to spawn music such as hip hop, such as, uh, you know, reggaeton. It's, it's influenced what Afrobeat sounds like today. Uh, it's influencing the soca scene in Trinidad and, and also uh, the zesting music that they're producing down there. Uh, and the pop guys, you know what I mean? The Biebers and the Drakes and all these, you know, Ed Sheeran's and stuff that sounds similar to what we've been doing. So I just wanted to, along with his idea, just prove, uh, just like show the longevity or or the, you know, the staying power of this, this genre in itself. Uh, not just my career, but this genre. And the we fact that it's going to be around in 100 years, right? Yeah, we want to see it in, in 2062 and beyond that. Um, you know, big genre. So, yeah, that, that was kind of the concept of it. I personally, Mata, I don't want to see uh, buildings larger than our mountains in Jamaica, really, personally. But, you know, it was just a, a stretch of the imagination and we, we put it together. The flying cars, I would love to see. But uh, <laughs> it's just a dope vibe, you know, and a feel-good yep. song. So, yeah, went with it. Well, you know, talking about a dope vibe now, you know, one of the most important topics that we talk about on this podcast is cannabis. I know that that's why we call it Let's Be Blunt. And you were born and raised in Jamaica and still reside there. Jamaica has a rich history when it comes to cannabis. Let's back up and talk a little bit about that and about, you know, you know where, were, where were you first taught about cannabis, my, my brother, when you were growing up? Uh, with cannabis, we call it ganja. And it, 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 yeah. it always existed. You know, I mean, uh, my father used to be one of these dudes who, We'd be rolling up, uh, basically taking these seeds out. There was a whole process he used to go through. And I used to watch as a kid. Uh, never smoked it as a kid. Always understood that's something for dad, just like smoking cigarettes or, or uh, you know, uh, maybe taking a drink. And uh, at, the, at, the, at the probably the right age of me getting uh, a little curious, and later on in my, in my teens, like 17 years old, I started to uh, kind of like, get curious then you know what i mean yeah i, I do um, i mean because because you were you were pretty much an athlete right from age 13 to 21 you were part of yeah. the national water polo team right yeah and swimming team uh for jamaica so i've been to junior pan-american games and uh events like that Carif the games is something that we have in the caribbean for kids under 18 it's like our olympics almost it happens every year so i've been to those events and i represented jamaica so much for that uh, water polo and swimming and then when that was kind of dying down for me i started to kind of experiment well i wouldn't say experiment just get uh more curious about this stuff i always loved the smell um every time my father was smoking i'd be like that's that's the nice smell <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah. my father was an advocate he he tried to be the hustler in the back in the days he actually crashed a ganja plane in the everglades um, mm. which is something that at the time we were not very proud of. But now when I look back and so much... It's one o'clock. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Now when I look back and, and so much legal, uh, you know, so much legal weed is available or, or ganja or so much uh, industry people are, are getting involved or, 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 or it's turning into its own industry, I should say. Um, it makes me proud that, that he took those steps. You know what I mean? 
Uh, well, you know, that, man, that, that's... Father, man. He, he passed away, so... Oh, yeah, so sorry. No, nah, no problem. Um, a couple of years ago now, and he was just, you know, he was always upset at the reason pe a lot of people that he knows went to prison or jail along with him. It was for this substance, which we see the same politicians and same doctors saying back in the day, oh, this is going to make you crazy. And now they're they're getting into big business with it. So uh, it, it's a it's a change of, I guess, a change of, of pace for people or a change of heart. Some people are upset by, by that fact. I could be um, because of him spending time in prison. But also, you know, I look at it as I look at him as a pioneer and people like him. And, and, and hopefully no one has to go through that just to be able to receive this medicine. You know? And you know, I mean, I mean, that they on that same vein, my friend, I mean, how do you feel about the fact that you just kind of said it in, in a way, you know, five, 10 years ago, people were still going to jail. Now people are making hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars in this. And Jamaica was always the genesis. I mean, we, we really look back over 20 years, Bob Marley, you think about back in the day, you know, when people were vilifying cannabis, you know, Jamaica was leading the way and saying, hey, wait a second, this is a sacrament. Not only is it a sacrament, but this is also something that is part of our life. How dare you forbid this? And now all of a sudden, the same people who were the haters are the people who are now the lovers heading over to the bank, depositing their checks. Yeah, it's, it, it, is, it is disheartening to, see, to, to understand that. But I, I rather look at the, the positives in, in situations for me right now dispensaries uh they they I, I had i famously said a couple weeks ago in an interview that most dispensaries i know the weed tastes like cardboard and uh i got a lot of flack from that but honestly I, you know I, I still go to the real farmers and i try to support them because they are the people who have had it all this time coming straight up you know what I mean? And they're being, some of them, especially in, in Jamaica, they're being left out of this industry, which is quite a shame. So, uh, yeah, it does get you angry. But, they, they, you know, I, I'm rather, I, I, I rather to look at it like, you know, let's move on from this. Let's know that it's changed now. And instead of feeling uh, the shame or, or, or the guilt or, or um, you know, the, the depression of what happened to my pops, I'd rather look, to, look at it as, he was a pioneer. He was someone who fought for the time, for this time to happen and, um, you know, be proud of that. And, you know, I've spoken a couple of times in Jamaica on the issue of the fact that most of the farmers that were the original, you know, the original OGs, but the ones that were originally growing yeah. are being left out of this corporate, you know, juggernaut that's headed down mm -hmm. the pike. And why wouldn't they allow those these guys, the guys who were the, you know, the, the the Genesis growers, the guys who were there to begin with, who have more knowledge about the plant uh, than any of these wannabes nowadays. Why wouldn't they help to include them in this process? And that still seems to be a battle not only in Jamaica, but here in the States. Yeah, <clears throat> it's funny. You know, I've had people who are business people, friends, uh, that they, they never had nothing to do with weed and they, they, they get into it. You know, I had somebody come and give me a pen. Hey, this is my pen. <laughs> and I, yeah. uh, uh, the, smoking the, the, the oil. Right. I've had somebody come and tell me that, give me brownies and tell me that when it's legalized, you know, he's, he's going to start this edibles business. But there was no THC in the brownie. Mm. 
and and I was like, you don't know what you're talking about, bro. People, people right. are not gonna people are not gonna remember this product. <laughs> right, no kidding, my friend. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh so it's funny because big business usually gets involved with things, and in my perspective, from my perspective, it gets it gets a little watered down or it gets uh uh what can I say? It, it's not as potent as it as it should be, and maybe certain things are should be left as you know you do this for your own uh, in your own backyard or uh, a couple of people that you know so, who are good farmers you support them and that's what i've been doing um i am getting into the business but uh i would like to you know for me the edibles is something that i did for five years um when i i, I just quit smoking for a while and I did, you know, teas. I, I made my own tea. I made oils from it, and I put it in whatever food I was eating. And what I found that when I traveled to the states, where it was legal, uh, in these or where where you could get it in some of these places, is that uh, it was full of sugar or full of salt. And uh, if you're diabetic, if you're somebody that's watching hypertension or something like that, that can be a real negative. You know, yeah, I've, I've been wanting, I've been wanting like just like you, my friend. I've been one of those complaining about the fact that we want to call it medicinal. Why would you inundate it with sugar when we know sugar yeah. is what actually feeds cancer? So exactly. we should slow down on the amount of sugar that we're using and try our best to do it as much naturally as we possibly can. That's my sentiment with it. So so you know, I've been trying to look into getting a, a product out that's meaningful yeah. in that respect. Uh because yeah, and what, you and don't you're, want you're to about edibles. If what? You're thinking about edibles? Yeah, as well as as well as my own strain, but but for people who do not want to smoke, but they want to receive, you know, whatever medicine, whether it helps them to be calm, whether it helps them to concentrate or something, uh, whether it helps them, uh, you know, to with, with swelling in their bodies, all this type of stuff, uh, you know, it affects people differently, and and you know, I think that it's a it's a good thing to look into. I, um, there's far too much emphasis on smoking this this herb alone, uh, where there's other benefits you could get from steaming, from from uh, you know making teas or oils, and um, I'm an advocate for it in in that respect also. So I'm looking to get in that way, and try to make a difference or a change where the edibles are are, are concerned. That's unbelievable. Do you have any idea when you might launch a brand? No, I've been working on it for quite some time and, and uh, talking with many different people. And we're trying to find the the best route for me to kind of put my foot forth. But, that, you know, that's my angle. Uh, yeah, I would like to have a strain, you know, and, and we're testing out stuff like that every day. Hey, okay. <laughs> uh, so to speak. But, uh, but also, uh, the edibles is really important to me. Absolutely. Oh my goodness! Because if you had to stop for a second and think about it, the very first time you experienced cannabis, ganja, what do you remember? I remember talking my head, my my ass off. <laughs> I was just like, "Yo!" And I didn't realize I was doing it. And then people was like, "Yo!" I was in a party, and I noticed everybody looking at me. And I'm like, "Oh, I'm I'm actually being very vocal more than I usually am," and it, it just made me very social. Um, but then I got the, you know, all this, this, uh, what, what they call that, uh, you know, when you get paranoid kind of, right. yeah. Right. So, so I kind of took myself away from that setting and, um, I didn't mess with it after that for a long time. 
but I started to get involved with it because it was, you know, a lot in the music scene. And uh, you know, I would go to the studios and I'd smell it and I'd be real cool. And everybody who smoked it uh, was real cool people to me. And mm -hmm. I started to kind of just just get involved, you know, a toke here, a draw there. And um, I found it to be the feeling of euphoria just helped me with songs. It helped me to be in a good mood. Uh, and that's what mainly helped me in, back in the day. Um, creativity, over the years, right? Yeah, the creativity aspect of it. Uh, over the years, the social aspect is, is, is just, you know, you, you gain so much different types of friends and, and knowledge from people who have been lawyers and doctors. I, I, I've smoked with almost all types of people. And, um, you know, a few are affected in a negative way. You know, for me, uh, that's my experience. Um, and like with everything, there's a few people who aren't going to be able to drink certain alcohol. You know, for me, vodka affects. When I drink vodka, I scratch all over, and the next day I'm, I'm like, it's so it can't, it can't be good for me on my insides. Right. Um, so I'm allergic to that. So I found that I don't, I don't drink vodka anymore. So, you know, th there's many different strains, and it can make you feel different, like the indica and the sativa. You know, one is more um, keep you on point or, or, or on one subject and the other kind of keep you mellow and, and relaxed. So, you know, uh, for me, my experience, I haven't seen much negative effects. And I would argue that there are other things that, you know, the, the kid I know we can't go near peanuts. You know what I mean? Right, right. Sure. So, sure. so it, it, there's different things and different strokes for different folks. We just have to kind of be mindful of that. And that's probably where that's what you consider maybe one of the most important messages when it comes to cannabis, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, especially for so much incarceration. I mean, look at look look at um our hero musically, Peter Tosh. He was sent to prison quite a few times and beaten by police to near death about seven different times. When people realize that statistic that he was an artist, he was someone who was doing good for his community. But because of the law, he was mistreated. And, um, you know, that's just a very unfortunate thing. So uh, now that it's freeing up, I like to see that positive side where people are not going to be subjected to that type of treatment. Um, as so, well. And, and I'm, I'm sure you're hoping that Jamaica can, you know, Jamaica itself, people will start to respect the cannabis that comes and the ganja that comes out of Jamaica uh, more so than they're respecting it now, right? Yeah, it's been it's been becoming uh, a better scene here. Uh, you know, there's a few dispensaries, uh, but as I said, we, you know, people like me, we know the real farmers, and we go uh, support them as well. And um, it's just it's incredible to stand up. I, I I was in a dispensary the other day out here, and I saw a dude come in, and I could tell he didn't really know much about weed, and he's probably just a one talker, and 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 that's really cool. He was like. I want one cannabis pre-rolled, uh, one 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 sativa and one indica pre-rolled. And that's it. And he walked out and that's probably going to serve him for two weeks. And that's pretty cool to know that uh, he can do that without the paranoia, without feeling that there's going to be some repercussions to pay for, for, for just uh, even experimenting. I could tell that he wasn't a big smoker. So Right. Now, that, have they opened up a little bit more in Jamaica now in the last couple of months? Yeah, a little bit. You you could have a certain amount on you, which is amazing because I've known so much people from I've been growing up and even before that uh they they are 
they've been incarcerated and their life changed by going into a prison or a jail cell just for this little amount of weed. And now I'm seeing this guy come in by two small spliffs and, and leave. And he has, he, he can feel no, you know, he doesn't have to feel the paranoia. He doesn't have to feel that worry and, and, and feel like he's a criminal. It's just something that he's partaking in as part of some people, most people out here's everyday life. Absolutely, my friend. Well, look, I know we're almost short on time, but I do want to ask you one more question, my brother, and that is, you know, you're one of the only Jamaican artists who performed in places like on the stage in Kazakhstan and yeah. Madagascar. Man, I mean, talk a little bit about how the reception of, you know, your music is internationally, right? not the United States, but I'm talking about all over the world. Talk about what was that feeling like being in Kazakhstan and and knowing that you could blow up the house with with some dancehall music, very surreal, bro. Like, mm -hmm. You know, I started to do this music because I, I I loved it. I revered artists. I looked up to them, um, and I started to 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 figure out how I could write songs and 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 be into production. And um, to, all I wanted to do was write a song that Jamaicans would go so whoa 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 that's tuna bad. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. I, I I didn't think beyond that. But when this international stuff started to happen to me, I started to take it very seriously in terms of, you know, I have a responsibility now. Now I'm one of the people who has helped to put this music in places it's not really been accepted before. So, like, as you said, Kazakhstan and and, and, and all over. And, um, you know, uh, just a surreal feeling to, to, to know that these people don't speak English, uh, but they speak part of it in my songs. And and. Yeah. Just for me, same way like with reggaeton. I personally, I don't speak Spanish. I know a few words, but when I find out what a song like Gasolina means, I, I can mm -hmm. identify and I, I'm like, oh, and I sing along. So that's what people are doing in Japan for, for our music and and uh, places like, as you said, uh, in middle of Europe. Uh, just an amazing feeling. And to know that, you know, Bob Marley has, and people like him have paved a big highway for me to be able to to walk on smoothly, you know, man, I don't have to do uh, half of the crazy things that they had to do just to feel normal on tour. It's a lot more normalized now because they tried that road before me. And uh, I'm proud of that, man. I'm, I'm proud to be one of the people now as the next step. And uh, that's why this album Live and Living was, was so special to me to be able to show that not only me to, to, to the Kazakhstan fans then, like I could show you Busy Signal. I could show you somebody who I think is just a, a, a very dope MC, very uh, potent uh, uh, lyricist. And and that was important to me to show. You know what I mean? Well, you've definitely now blown up the super highway. If Bob Marley and those guys opened up the road, my brother, you have opened up the super highway Thank to you, places brother. in the world that a lot of other people have will now have an opportunity to travel down and perform. Well, what's coming up next, Sean? I mean, what, what do you got? What do you? I know you got new album's going to get released. Yeah. What, a couple months? Yeah. In um, April. Are you going to go out on tour then? Yeah, I've been in the cut in Jamaica for two, almost two years now. Uh, March 2020 is when I came home from tour in Australia, and I've been at home. Uh, that's the reason I, I had so much studio time and produced that first album, Live and Living, which is up for a Grammy. Uh, you know, fingers crossed, and and made the best smarty win, as we say. <laughs> yeah, there you go. First win, because uh, there's some females up for it too. Big up to Spice and Itana. There, there, there's not too much females that in our genre that get the shine, and nowadays they've been doing it. So yeah, next year I'm dropping an album called Scorcher. It's gonna be uh in 
in uh, April, and I'm putting together a tour and starting to you know get to used to the idea of of moving through this earth again. Uh, what's going to be hard is the the family time, less family time again, which has been important to me, and that's been really cool so far. Uh, you got small children, right? Yeah, four and and age four and two, so just gotcha. about to be five, my son. Gotcha. So, uh, good stuff. I mean, they're in their their years where they're they're you know becoming who they are, and so it's important to me to be around. And these two years, I, as I said before, I always look at the positive. And even though I couldn't tour, and I'm not making as much financially as as I used to be when I when I tour a lot. Uh, the family time was invaluable to me. It was just something that's amazing, you know? Absolutely. And then, I mean, are you, are you planning on just, just staying with the music or are you planning on crossing over and, uh, you know, different media genres? I mean, you got any ideas of doing any film or anything like that? Um, you know, for me, I've, I've always, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a romance, like like maybe one day, but I've, I haven't felt myself in a role. I've, been, I've had a couple scripts come my way and i'll be like i don't feel that represents me so i think i'm still being the artist selfishly uh for myself and i mean and, and all the people who do like my music and and you know music has brought so much to my life uh i think that's where my my energy stays you know for for right now at least i've been forever uh you know making music now for quite some time and it's it ain't broken, so I'm not gonna try to fix it. I don't want to try to go into. It. <laughs> uh, I don't really think I'm really that suited for. Are you gonna be producing other artists? I mean, you've now collaborated yeah. with several, but are you producing other artists? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Dutty Rock Productions, as you see in the background here, that's that's my uh, production team. Uh, you know, and we, we produce little jugglings that's here in Jamaica. Juggling is like one rhythm with a few different people on it. We've been doing that actively since about 2017 um and and we've been having some you know some good uh progress especially with an artist called chi ching ching uh he's my first signee and we've been uh, we put out an album for him about a two, about two years ago now or three years ago and it's for him i mean 12 million streams is is amazing and um he's going from strength to strength that way and i'm i'm trying to be uh, you know, a hit producer as well as the artist. So we'll see how that goes in the future, man. Well, Sean, I mean, I know you're all over iTunes, but I mean, if anybody wanted to get more information about what you're doing, blow it, to take the moment, man, blow it up. Where where do they Thank go? You, uh, yeah, you go to uh, Instagram or Twitter. That's at Duttipal, um, D-U-T-T-Y-P-A-U-L. Um, also my Facebook page or, or my Meta page. Is it called Meta page now? I, I don't even know. But, it may, I don't even know either, man. It's probably <laughs> going to get changed to Meta page, I'm sure. Yeah, but my Facebook page is just the, the fan page there. You can check me out. Um, I'm also on 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 TikTok as the same, at Dottipal, D-U-T-T-Y-P-A-U-L. You know, I'm, I'm somebody who's getting into social media a lot more. So forgive me if you want more posts. I'm, you know, I'm telling the fans now, take time with me. I, I'm going to get it good. I know you are, my brother. You are. You are. And, and the fans can't wait. Well, I can't thank you thank enough, you. my friend. I know you got your, your type of time, but anytime you want to come back, especially like before you get out on tour, man, you can let me know where you're coming, where your tour dates are. If you want to come back to Let's Be Block with Montel, my fans would love to see you again, my brother. Thank you, bro. I appreciate that so much. Thank you for the time. And, bro, keep doing what you're doing. As I said before, 
you, you, you're looking younger than me right now. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I wish my brother, I'll tell you, well, I keep following you, so you're up to keep me young. All right, bro. Appreciate right, that. Bro. You Salute. be well. You stay safe. You stay healthy. Love that family of yours. Mm. And much respect, okay? Same to you, man. Have a good season, man. Thanks for joining me on Let's Be Blunt with Montel. Please make sure you're subscribed and hit the bell to be notified when new episodes post each week. We'd love to hear your feedback also, so please send us your comments. Bye.